This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to Turning Point USA Radio. I'm your host, Vlad Davidiak. On the phone right now, we have Abby Sinclair with the Republican Party of Texas. She's the Youth Outreach Director. Is that right, Abby? Uh, yes, sir. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Abby, I'm, I'd like to welcome you to the program specifically because uh, we'd like to discuss how um, younger people, especially college-aged people, um, are affected with regard to the political culture nowadays. Um, what has the RPT, the Republican Party of Texas, how has they how have they helped students become politically active on campus? Uh, we've helped students become politically active on campus uh, with our college Republican chapters that we have over uh, 35 active chapters across Texas. And it's really great because uh, we're able to provide an avenue for Republican leading students to become involved in their party and to also meet other students who uh, share their similar principles. Well, so what challenges have you encountered with regard to that? Our biggest challenge is trying to find individuals who are available to not only devote the amount of time, but also the energy that goes into continuously keeping uh, these these chapters active. It's, It's a huge commitment, but... You know, if, if there is anyone who's interested in, in making a difference, please contact us and, and let us know, and we would love to, to assist you in any way possible. Well, you know, let me let me let me tail off a little bit as far as my question was going to go because you raised a very interesting question um, with regard to cha- uh, chapters and clubs um, at different schools. Do you have any? Um, any firm numbers with regards to how many chapters and how many clubs there are? Uh, we do have 35 active chapters across Texas, and uh, we also have prospective um, chapters that we hope to develop further uh, at the beginning of this fall semester. Okay. So how many students are we talking about here? I mean, Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I actually don't have an exact number, but it's, it's definitely in the hundreds for sure. And this is all across Texas. Is there are there particular regions of Texas that are are more strongly representative um, or have more chapters in those particular areas? Uh, I do know in general that the Houston area um, tends to to have a lot of number participation uh, among their their college age students and also their their young Republicans as well. Um, so yeah, I would probably say the Houston area has has a lot going on down there. Okay, so you you're working right now with um, college Republican chapters as well as young Republican groups. Yes, yes, okay. sir. Um, what, what's happening in terms of growth? Then is it is it continuing to grow? Is it stable? Is it fluctuating? Uh, it is stable, and it is continuing to grow. Of course, you know, uh, depending on, on the incoming freshman classes and, and how and how many students there are, it, it does fluctuate, of course. Um, but for the most part, we are seeing uh, continued growth up across the state. Okay. What about um, the, the challenges that you, you were mentioning with regard to 
um, having people to take over chapters, having people who can stay there for longer than a single semester um, for the college groups. And then for the young Republican groups, obviously you're going to have um, difficulties there as well with regard to uh, maintaining a presence of leadership. Um, how do you go about overcoming those particular kinds of challenges? Uh, we try to solve those challenges by being uh, very aggressive with our communication and, and correspondence with our, our uh, not only our chairman of these chapters, but also our, our members as well. Um, because, you know, by being able to communicate and correspond effectively, uh, we're able to uh, recruit more individuals who want to become more involved in the party. And it's also by uh, leading by example as well through the success of our other college Republican chapters. Okay. So what about the – I know this, is, this may be out of your area of, of real expertise. What, what about nationally? Is, 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 the, um, is the young Republican um, growth being experienced on a national level? Is there a national organization that's helping with that? Um, the RNC is always very helpful uh, with with the college growth across the country. Um, I know that they provide many resources and tools uh, to make them available for college students who do want to get involved uh, with the Republican Party. However, like you said, that's not exactly my area of expertise, so I couldn't answer 100% effectively on that one. Okay. Um, our- as far as you as far as you know, have you seen any information with regard to how uh, college Republican chapters and young Republican chapters, young Republican groups, are growing nationally, or if they're staying roughly similar, the, the same level? Do you know anything about that? Well, since we are in Texas, I know that our uh, our growth rate is probably a little more so than other states. So I, I really kind of tell you for sure. So basically, if, if it's a red state, it's probably going to be growing a little bit. If it's a blue state, it's probably staying the same. Would you would you count that? Most likely, yeah. Um, and you were mentioning that you know you had some challenges with regard to um, maybe attracting new people. How have you gone about overcoming that particular challenge? What do you do as far as engagement and outreach, that sort of thing? Right. Uh, so we are on campuses quite a bit, uh, whether it be um, with informational booths, tabling at new student orientations. Um, we, we just try to connect with the students for sure. And uh, we also um, help with voter registration for, um, you know, all, all students across, across campuses because, you know, we want them to, to, to realize how important their right to vote is. And... Uh, Probably one of the most successful ways uh, is by tailgating at, um, you know, football games or, you know, any type of athletic, you know, sporting event um, because we're able, like I said, to, to connect with the students and, uh, you know, be a little bit more relatable than, than uh, most political um, organizations are. That is a fascinating idea of tailgating. What what have you encountered when you do that? How does that how does it, how is that different from your typical event where you're doing some kind of a table event? 
Uh, it's different because it's just uh, it's a different type of crowd in general. Everyone's very excited, super hyped for the game, and um, they tend to be more interested in uh, you know learning more about us. And we also uh, we, we also pass out free koozies to uh, anybody that signs up and is willing to give us information. Because there's been quite a push. Not only from from your organization, from RPT, but we have a lot of campaigns starting up now at the local, the state, and the national level that are, are people looking for interns. What what is it about the intern experience that makes it so special? With the internship experience, it's it's your way into the political realm. I would say um, everybody everybody has to start at the very bottom. That's just how it goes, and if you're able to get your foot in the door while you're in college, then you have so many more opportunities for you that, that are available after you're, you graduate college. So, so in a very real way, I mean, because I, I myself experienced an internship as well, um, it, it, the way I would classify it is it's almost like on-the-job training that it, it is also slash seasonal work. Um, and it's an interesting experience because it really gives you a very inside look at how a campaign works, how the process of democracy works, um, what it's like to be on the winning end, the losing end. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of successes have you and RPT had with um, these internships? Have you have you have you seen people really grow into the roles and become? Uh, political operatives in terms of uh, in terms of their careers. Yes, we definitely have. Uh, the majority of our of our interns um, have have moved on to working for uh, state representatives, U.S. representatives. Uh, they were very involved and active during the legislative session. Uh, many of them had uh, positions in the speaker's office. I know several. Um, have have been able to get to get jobs in the governor's office as well. Just being able to say that you know you were a college Republican, you were involved within the Republican Party, you know how to block walk, phone bank, uh, implement the mobile tools that that we use to do all of those things. That in itself is is beyond valuable. Okay, so that's that's a, a real interesting highlight in terms of uh, in terms of a feather in your cap for RPT. What? What's been RPT's biggest success with regard to youth engagement, youth outreach? I would say our biggest success is being able to see so many college Republicans become politically active and also continue to stay active. Um, it's so fulfilling to be able to help college students uh, learn about the political process and also be able to provide tools and resources to help them promote and defend their personal beliefs, values, and different positions that they may have on policy. For the most part, we just want them to know that they have a voice and they are being represented. Yeah, that's actually been an argument that I've heard from quite a few people that I've spoken to, that they don't have the knowledge and the experience to be able to explain their position, to be able to verbalize their view, to be able to uh, communicate effectively with their fellow students. So uh, obviously that's something that RPT is really strongly focused on with, with regard to this particular area. Um, 
how how has your efforts, how has RPT's efforts translated into real world success? Well, for real world success, um, you know, many. Um, I know a lot of students, you know, became interns and they got jobs, but uh, you know, in terms of in terms of um, in terms of changing policy, has has have have these interns made a difference with regard to getting things done, or or is this or is this something just an ongoing process? Is this what's the final goal? The final goal is to continue to uh, build up the Republican Party and. Uh, get get our youth engaged so that we have the next generation of, of Republicans who, who know what's right, who know um, what what they believe in, uh, what they value, and that they hold their morals and their character, you know, as the most important thing. We we want to continue the ideals and beliefs of the Republican Party, and we know the only way to do that is to instill these ideals and these beliefs into the younger generation because they they're they're our hope, they're our future. And that is a perfect way to end this segment. Abby Sinclair with the Republican Party of Texas, thank you for joining us here on Turning Point USA Radio. Thanks so much for having me. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Hi, I'm Bree with Turning Point USA, and I've got some really exciting news here. I'm going to be the host of a new radio show, Turning Point USA Radio, right here on America's Web Radio. Our start date is June 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Please tune in to learn all about what Turning Point USA does on campuses across the country and hear from a few really exciting guests that we have. Can't wait for you to listen. Bye. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Turning Point USA Radio. I'm Vlad Vidyak, your host. On the line with me is Roseanne Rodriguez, who is with the Harris County Republican Party in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show, Roseanne. 
Thanks for having me, Brad. Um, Roseanne, I know that you um, are working with the Harris County Republican Party, the HCRP, in a variety of, of, of capacities, and you're, you're handling a lot of different things. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the political process um, with um, activism and uh, working on campaigns and such. Okay. Um, after I got out of the military, I went to Texas State University, and it was in 2008, so there was a huge um, energy surrounding Barack Obama, um, and I was not a Democrat, so I was super excited to be um, on the McCain train, and I reached out to the College Republican group, and I got active, and that's kind of where I cut my teeth. Um, it was not uh, a very active group. Um, there was a handful of people, um, so I came on, and they all graduated, and uh, I ran for a uh, vice chair, and I became a uh, vice chair, so uh, I took it upon myself, me and the chairman, there was just two of us. Uh, we started um, tabling every week um, on the quad and pushing issues. You know, health care was huge. Um, so I really, really got active then. Um, and uh, eventually I internshiped uh, with the Republican Party of Texas. Um, and then I worked really hard, and they offered me a position here in Houston. And that's, that's pretty much how the story goes, and I've loved every minute of it. So I'm glad to be here in Houston now. Now, you, you, you went through that pretty quickly. I know for a fact that you've been involved with a lot of campaigns, um, with a lot of activism, a lot of block walking and phone banking, um, working to help get conservatives elected. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, last year when they sent me here to Houston, I was working for the Republican Party of Texas, I was super excited. I was see, overseeing the greater Houston area, and they sent me down here and said, our goal is to get Republicans elected, so you just, you know, do whatever you can. So I got on the ground, and I met a whole bunch of different people, and um, I was so lucky here we had a new county chairman elected, Paul Simpson, who has been great um, for our party and, I believe, for the, for the Harris County um, party. Um, but uh, the whole thing was really based on collaborating with um, a lot of the other um, campaigns. You had um, tons of statewide. As you know, we had every statewide office up for election. Um, it was in heavy contested races during the primary, but in the general election, we were going to be changing um, people. So um, everybody had their troops on the ground, their people. So I reached out to them, and I said, you know, instead of all of us, um, working all over each other, not really working together, block walking the same houses, calling the same numbers. Why don't we put an effort together where we work as one, we have synergy. Um, and I was lucky to have people like JC who worked on um, Hager's campaign and Sarah Singleton who was on the lieutenant governor's campaign. And as you know, um, Governor Abbott had an extensive amount, uh, a network here. He had 14 field staffers in the area, and we all work together, all use the same data, um, we block walk together, um, so it was, it was great. Um, I, after it was all over, I heard from a lot of people who said something like that had never been done before. Usually every campaign, every candidate is kind of out for, you know, you know, to whatever they need to get accomplished, and we were able to, you know, like Murad Fiki in House District 137, um, not, you know, no one gave him much of a chance. It's an uphill battle, 
Uh, it's a 70-30 district. Um, but I got to work with him and his enthusiasm and, and, our, and him allowing us to work with him and him being able to connect with people really took us into areas where Republicans traditionally hadn't gone into, and we started to introduce ourselves. So it was like working from House District 137 in complete Democrat areas all the way to, you know, with the lieutenant governor in his area in FD7 with Sarah Singleton. Um, I just, I, I was lucky enough to um, work in heavy Republican and heavy de- Democrat areas with some pretty wonderful people. So I, I feel blessed that way. It's interesting that you bring up that you um, and the rest of, 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 of the Republican Party um, in Harris County and the Houston area and, and quite a bit of Texas really had to work in enemy, enemy territory and in the opposition's ground to really try to um, help find those new voters, find those extra voters, um, without which, you know, the party really can't win. Um, I'd like to transition that now to what was the college campus. I, you went to school, you experienced what it's like being a conservative in college and it's a lot mm-hmm. like being a Republican in a Democrat held district you really have to uh, prepare yourself you have to fight you have to work hard you have to uh, be prepared to engage tell me a little bit about yeah. what that was like for you in terms of college and what you see now with uh, students at, in, in college today Okay. Yeah. Great, great. Um, when I was at, at Texas State, um, while it was outside of Austin, it was still very, very liberal. And I, I was surprised coming from the Army, had just gotten out of the Army, very conservative environment, to this very liberal bastion. And people, you know, we had our Republican signs out and people were passing by and looking at us, you know, with disgust. And I'm thinking, this is Texas, right? Um, but campuses are very, very liberal. Um, but you know what? We got out there. We pushed issues. Uh, we weren't afraid to engage. And I think me being a little older, um, I felt more sure in my positions. Uh, we battled health care, and I-, I thought it was an excellent way. We always had people come to our table and engage us. Um, so it, it, it worked. we're not going to change their um, ideas, a lot of them, um, because they're set in their ways and we kind of are set in our ways. But it was a good way to get dialogue back and forth. I used it um, really, though, not only to push conservative ideas, but it really helped us grow our organization. Um, when um, I know a lot of conservative students are out there thinking they're in this by themselves, that there's not a lot of conservative students out there, but I really believe there are. Um, the more we were out there every week, the bigger our um, force grew. And I was so surprised because they see you out there fighting and believing in something and really getting active and involved. Um, they want to be a part of that. They see your passion, and they really wanted to be a part of that. We were able to grow um, the college Republican group to huge numbers um, in just um, one semester or so. Um, I was I was really, really happy about that while I was in college, uh, but I think just the ability to get out, I was super excited to get out to a lot of the college campuses, it's either that or, um, you know, the Republican name is kind of damaged out there with young people. Um, young people immediately see, it, and I feel like it has gotten worse since I was in college just a few years ago um, to now. Um, 
people are looking at us, and and I, I even feel like the college Republican students themselves are kind of moving away from the term Republican. Like they'll say they're conservative, which is fine, um, but um, there are certain issues that they they don't really want to talk about. So it, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle on campus now um, since I've been here in Houston. Well, what what are some ways that the um Harris County Republican Party, the Republican Party, the National Party. What are some ways that y'all are working to overcome those challenges? Because obviously they're very real. Um, mm-hmm. As as you've described, there's there's either on many campuses there's either fear or apathy, and so right. you know it's one of those things that really has to be in, in, challenged and overcome. So how how do you go about overcoming those challenges? Um, well, what we've done uh, with with the RPT and we've carried it over um, working with HCRP is just going on campus and offering internships. Um, that has been the most successful tool for us. Um, we have tons and tons of, I, like right now, we probably have 23 young interns with us, and that's from the high schools and the colleges. And I'm going to say none of them are in the college Republicans or any conservative um, group on campus. Like, they're not involved in student organizations. And I asked them, like, um, so are you a member of the college Republicans? And they're like, no, I don't really do that. So we're trying to find different ways to um, reach out and get them involved in the political system. But we also tell them, you know, if you don't, like, um, like if the, that group doesn't agree with you, then I think starting your own student organization on campus or becoming a part of one is, like, the best thing they can do. And I, I always encourage them to, to find an organization to be a part of on campus. So, but internships have been the the best way for us to kind of talk to um, young people on college campus and to get our message in that in that age group. Okay. Um, right now, we're obviously entering the very starting uh, stretch of the election <laughs> that's going to be coming up in twenty sixteen. Um, what what do you see on the horizon in terms of what you're going to be doing and with your team and, and other people in terms of engaging people for the election? Do, do you anticipate doing anything uh, new and unique this year? Um, well, we are. Um, so we're going to be attending rallies, community events where we can get in touch with younger people in their environment, not just on campus, but, you know, um, music fest. Um, we're going to invite them in um, to come get training. I know we're really focusing on training them to become leaders. Everyone always says young people are the future. We are of the mentality right now, and the, the National Party um, is in lockstep with us uh, in this belief that the, the, the young people, 18 to 29, we are no longer the future. We are the now and I try to tell young people, like, we're not the future. If we sit around and wait for something to be passed down to us, there might not be something there for, to be passed down to us. Like, we need to be active involved now. So we're working on training them to be leaders within their own communities, wherever that may be, so that they can get active and they can um, get other people to follow them. So we really are working on training them to be leaders now. Well, Roseanne, briefly before we wrap this up, Uh, We have Mm -hmm. about a minute to go. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what's been the most enjoyable success that you've had so far with RPT and HCRP. 
I think it's it's been the diversity of people that we've been able to bring into the party. Um, at the election uh, victory party this last year in November, um, I walked into the headquarters where we had the, the victory party, and I just took a look around. You know, I'd been working so hard. We all had been working so hard. And I took a look around, and I I was just surprised. There were young people. We had African-Americans. We had um, Hispanics, Asians, you know, everybody, older people. Um, it was just so diverse. I looked, and I, I remember I made the comment um, to Chairman Paul Simpson, was like, this is what Harris County looks like, and it makes me really proud to be a part of an organization like this because most people think of the Republican Party, and they think, old white men and we are like i said we are not the future anymore we are the now and i i love um what we what we've accomplished so far in harris county and i look forward to, to growing it into the next year that's awesome roseanne rodriguez with harris county republican party thank you very much for joining us here on turning point usa radio don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power america on butterflies rainbows and pixie dust I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Turning Point USA Radio. I'm your host, Vlad Davidiuk. On the phone, I have with me a very good friend, Chris Carmona. How's it going, Chris? What's going on, Vlad? It's going good over here in Texas. Um, Chris is a politically connected activist in the Houston area, uh, traveled extensively, very involved with Harris County, um, Texas, um, now even at the national level. Uh, Chris, tell, tell us a little bit about your journey as a conservative, as a Republican. Where did everything begin for you? Well, you know, that, that's a funny, long, twisted story, but I mean, I'll try to keep it kind of short. Uh, for time and reason. Uh, when I took off to New York my freshman year in college, 
uh, you know, you come from Texas, but you, you always have this uh, label that you're Republican because that's the land of George Bush, and everybody thinks that's George Bush country. Um, and so, you, you know, they're branding as Republican. But I wanted to break that mold uh, in college. I went to a small liberal arts college in New York uh, called Mary Mellon Head College. And so I wanted to be anti-Bush. I was like, no, 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 I'm different. I'm different. You know, that's not me. I'm not, you know, I just, that's not my guy. Um, because I didn't know any better. You know, growing up, you were just, you know, you, your parents think there's something, your, your friends, your family, you know, you've been just always uh, support different candidates, and that's who you ride with. You know, I came in the era, I mean, of, of really developing political savvy uh, when Bill Clinton was the president. And everybody, you know, was a popular president. Everybody loved him. And so it was hard. Okay, that's a Democrat. So I guess I'm, I'm different. If I love Bill Clinton, uh, I, I think Bill Clinton was, you know, the hero. So uh, of course you're going to support, you know, a Democrat, right, going forward. But throughout my first semester, I was getting in debates left and right with, I guess, true Democrats. And I couldn't hide that at that point. I guess I was Republican because everything that they were saying, I had a contradictory point of view. And so throughout college, uh, as I you know, became more informed. Um, policy was developing at, at a local level, at a national level, and also an international level, um, I, I really started to understand true politics, uh, the difference between parties, uh, not just what the media would portray or not just what, you know, uh, what was popular, but I actually understood uh, what politics was and the impact it has uh, within the country. And so I would say, you know, my, my freshman year was an eye-opening experience because I was trying to shed the label as a Texas Republican being in the big city in New York City, but I couldn't shake it hard enough, and it was just I had to own it, and I took it, and I ran with it. Um, you know, so I did, I did a couple of different things uh, in college, uh, supported different initiatives that were conservative-leaning. Uh, while everybody was doing the Go Green piece and the anti-Iraq war, I was out there saying, you know, support our troops because this is why it's important to have a, you know, critical uh, foreign policy. Uh, position, and so you know I did what I could for in a small liberal arts college, but it wasn't until about let's say 2006, 2007, where I really started getting a bigger uh, interest in in, in politics. Uh, at that time, uh, everybody started gearing up for what was going to come for the 2008 presidential life cycle. Um, I was getting really tired of everybody believing the hype of what the liberal media was spinning. Uh, you know, just a little, you know, let me back up a little bit more. You know, growing up, and I guess this is what brought it home for me in college is why I really decided that I think, you know, I am Republican, I am conservative, and this is what brought it home was, you know, growing up, I watched my mom work two or three jobs, uh, sometimes even four, to make sure that uh, my brother and myself always had things that we needed to survive. Uh, she was a single parent uh, raising two boys, and she did a hell of a job. But you saw how how hard she worked. You saw how many hours she put in uh, week in and week out. And she was a teacher. I mean, she was a you know, public education uh, school teacher. Uh, but that still wasn't enough. She wanted to make sure that we had everything we needed to be successful in school uh, and in life. And so when you see your parents, your mom, a single mom, you know, busting her tail all the time, when you become older and you start looking at other people living off of a, a welfare society because they just don't want to take the initiative to actually get to work, or they find excuses not to work, you start understanding the welfare system, the welfare state, isn't successful. It isn't the right way to breed success. And and you get frustrated because you look back and you're like, man, if my mom could have done this and my mom wasn't doing this, you know, that starts, you know, upsetting you. And then when I had, when I got married and had my first child and I was doing the same thing, I was making sure I was working full time uh, and providing for my family. And I'm still seeing people I grew up with start living off the government. It was frustrating. 
and so I'm like, no, we got to do something about this. You know, people think it's okay to live this way. People think it's okay to, to think the government is the ultimate salvation. Uh, they're the heroes. That they're your ultimate answer. Uh, you know, it started for me. It became a personal uh, mission to make sure that people knew that you don't have to be dependent or solvent on the government based on certain issues. Um, because there's always, you know, misconceptions that, like, you know, Republicans believe this, Democrats believe this. And I wanted to lay it out on the line and say, hey, here's the information. You choose for yourself. You know, I wasn't in the the conventional push my ideology on you yet at that point. I just wanted to, you know, make people aware uh, because they, did, they may not know. I didn't know growing up, and as soon as I got educated, you know, I, I didn't know. And so I wanted to do the same, um, you know, that 2006, 2008 um, time period. And so, I mean, that was, that's when I started getting, you know, a, a big push uh, into uh, politics and in sort of party politics. After 2008, after uh, Obama was elected, um, it was just a bunch of false hope, a bunch of false promises, a bunch of false hope, things that were said that were going to get done to save the country, to heal the country. Um, I mean, you can see right through it. You know, at that time, I was about to graduate from law school. Uh, I was even more educated on the law after, you know, after the validity of it and, you know, how things actually work. And it just started upsetting me even more. I was like, no, we got to do something about this. And so then I started getting involved with uh, other people's, can you know, campaigns, uh, helping people who are running for state senate, people who are running for state rep, uh, mayoral campaigns. Uh, you know, that's when I decided 2008, 2009, after that, you know, I was going to be very, very active, very, very involved. Uh, I didn't really become involved with young Republican politics uh, sometime till late 2010, early 2011. Um, during that time, I graduated law school. I had uh, procured my first job as an attorney as I became licensed, working for a municipal employee union. And people always say, well, how can you be conservative or Republican work for a union? Uh, so I, to me, it's very simple. When I graduated law school and I was looking for a job, I didn't have anybody really knocking down on my door and saying, hey, come, you know, come work for us. Uh, I had a corporate background, uh, corporate management background, that mixed in with my law degree uh, in human resources uh, background as well, uh, was a perfect fit for me to work uh, at the union. But I'll tell you what, that was the best thing I ever did uh, for my, my personal political career and for my uh, political uh, advocacy. Because working at the union uh, gave me insight on exactly how local government really works. Not just what you read, not just what the media portrays, not just what you hear from other uh, politicos, but actually seeing it work uh, and seeing it not work at the same time, seeing how a budget is planned and seeing where a budget gets wasted, how inflated the government is, uh, I would have ever seen that firsthand like I did had I not worked uh, with the union or for the union at that time in the role uh, as the council and as also as the director of street resolution. So... Seeing how the, the local government, the city of Houston, was overinflated, uh, so much fat in the budget, so much waste, you, you get frustrated. Um, you know, I had no name, no money, but I was an attorney and I had a, had willpower, and so I decided to run for city council in 2011 um, against a legacy incumbent by the name of Melissa Noriega. And I say she's a legacy incumbent because at the time she was two terms in. Uh, but she was also married to Rick Noriega, who was a very, very, very well-respected state legislator uh, in the city of Houston and around the state. Uh, Rick Noriega, you may remember uh, when the the Texas, what's called the Texas Dream Act, or the in-state tuition uh, bill was passed with uh, Governor, Governor Perry, 
Rick Noriega was one of the chief uh, architects with that, uh, working with Governor Perry to, uh, across both aisles to make sure that was put in place. And so he was very well respected by both parties. And so his wife, you know, automatically got credence from that. And so it was just a very, very difficult campaign. But you loved it. You know, I loved it. The, you know, the reason I love that campaign more than anything else uh, to this day is because without knowing a single uh, base, not being able to draw from somewhere, because as you volunteer for other campaigns, you're not, you're just a volunteer. You don't really build your own team. You don't build your own network. You're just a volunteer. But being a candidate uh, and knowing it's only you and it's your word and your, your vision uh, is what's going to sway people to support you was very rewarding because we were able to get around 27% or roughly 27,000 uh, votes uh, with little under $3,000 in a city of Houston uh, election at large position. And we were about 3% away from uh, taking the legacy and coming to a runoff. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, and it, it was huge. And so people, you know, after that, were like, how did you do it? What did you do? And I thought it was simple. I, you know, I was disappointed when it win, but when more people were, you know, encouraging, saying, hey, you know, you came close, came close, but how did you do it? Uh, to me, the answer was very simple. I, I went out to communities. I talked to people. You know, I made it clear. I, when I, I didn't, there was no demographic that I was not going to talk to. I was going to talk to everyone, uh, young, old, middle-aged, professional, non-professional, blue-collar, white-collar, uh, you know, any ethnicity there was. Uh, straight or gay, it didn't matter to me uh, because the city problems, they saw no difference in your status. They saw no difference in your demographic. Everybody had the same issues. And so I was able to, to hold my message because it was it was genuine. There wasn't, I didn't have a, a high-paid consultant that was crafting it for me. It was just, this is what I want to do. This is what I see. This is what I know personal knowledge firsthand from working with the city. And this is how I see how we can change it. And so you know, but the biggest thing was I was able to take that message to communities because I understood that in order to get things done, you have to, you can't be afraid to talk to people. And and I think that one of the biggest things uh, from the, the takeaway from that was I was really able to excite a lot of young people uh, that if I can do that with no money and no name, uh, you know, a lot of other younger people think, you know what, I can do the same. And if we're not going to win, we're just going to start getting some attention. And so after, the, after that election, uh, I became the, the chairman of the outreach committee for the Harris County Republican Party, which is the largest Republican party in, in the nation. And, and I think we did some, some very, very impressive things uh, when I was the chairman there. I had a great team uh, who was willing to go anywhere and everywhere because we saw, had that same vision. We can't, if we don't show up, uh, we can't talk to people. And if we can't talk to people, they're never going to know that we care, that we have an interest uh, that protects, you know, the masses, not just the targeted uh, individually group, you know, individual groups. Um, you know, but, but, but then that same thing with outreach, you know, people always say, oh, well, you, you must be doing Hispanic outreach. No, not necessarily. You know, to me, outreach, I took it as everything. I wanted to get more young people involved. I wanted to use, you know, although I, I can't say it was a successful campaign in terms of winning the, you know, an election, it was successful in getting people to, to, to recognize younger candidates. Uh, you know, people still come to me today and ask, you know, we, I'm still relatively young, I'm still a young Republican, uh, you know, how can how can we get involved? I'm thinking about running for judge, I've been licensed for a few, few years, um, I'm thinking about running for city council, I'm thinking about running for school board, you know, how can I get involved? Uh, you know, for me it's still humbling that people come up to me and ask me these type of things because uh, I think 
it was myself, a guy named Joe Dotson, another guy named Raswali Bray, R.W. Bray. It was just three guys who took on the world in a city council race, and, and we changed the landscape on how you can do things with no money. It's interesting uh, you so bring we, that up because that's really a lot of the things that a lot of people, like you said, are really interested in finding out um, and, and really uh, wanting to know what they can do. So what we're going to do is when we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Chris Carmona a little bit more about what young people can do to get involved at the local level, uh, what they can do to find opportunities to get elected for office, what they can do to effect positive change here on Turning Point USA Radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Turning Point USA Radio. I'm your host, Vlad Davidiuk, again with Chris Carmona, who talked to us a little bit about how he became involved with conservative Republican politics and his journey from being a college student who didn't want to associate with it to being someone who wanted to carry the banner. Chris, when we when we were last speaking, you were talking about how you had a campaign running for city council, and it fell a little bit short. But for you, that was really just the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, you know, like I said, after that, after we were able to get so much support to turn a lot of heads with no money and no name, uh, it was kind of an inspiration and. Uh, people wanted to use that same type of model at a bigger scale, and so uh, we, I got appointed as the as the chairman of the Harris County Republican Party Outreach Committee. Uh, we did a lot of great things with that, uh, and then I, you know, later on decided to run for state representative um, in an urban, highly densely populated uh, Democrat area. Um, but but before I get to that, you know, uh, you know, the biggest thing from that was, you know, again having people, especially young people, uh, come up to us after the campaign and really want to get involved. And we use that as a stepping stone to, you know, want to get other people involved and, and kind of show them the way and teach them, you know, it, you don't have to have all the money in the world, um, but you got to start somewhere. you got to get your name out there. 
you got to make an impact, and you got to be genuine. You know, a lot of people who, who want to run, whether they're younger or older, uh, sometimes they just want to run because they, they think they can or they, uh, they it, some self-glorification. That, that's fine, but it's, it's easier for people to get behind you and support you if you're genuine and you have a genuine motive and you have a genuine message. Um, but, but, you know, when I was going around different places, when I was the chair of the Average Committee Ferris County, uh, I was getting booked on panels, radio shows, um, you know, across the country uh, to speak on outreach, to speak on engagement, to speak on, you know, how do you connect to a community, how do you want to get people involved, how do you get people to care about the Republican causes, uh, conservative principles, how do you get them engaged? Um, and so for me, it was like if I'm teaching or am I, if I'm supposed to be some sort of authority on the subject matter, eventually you have to put up or shut up. And, and so for me, running for state representative in District 148 is what I was doing. I was saying, you know what, I'm going to take the most, uh, one of the most uh, heavily populated Democrat districts in, in the inner city, and I'm going to try to flip that to a Republican district. Uh, because if I if if I'm saying this is how you do it and this is going to work, then this is you know let's put it up there. Let's see if we can make that happen. Uh, it was projected it was supposed to be a 75-25 race after they redrawn the district to make it more Democrat. Uh, we ended up finishing at around 60-40, so we weren't successful, but we did make some movement, um, and, I, and I think we set a, a groundwork going forward on how to get people really to break away from straight ticket voting uh, and to care about. Uh, actual candidates and what they can do for their communities. And so, again, you know, when we say we want to help other people in the future uh, and now, you know, if you're interested in running for a position, uh, especially younger people, I mean, please, please let me know uh, because I, I, want, I want us to have a genuine national farm team across the country uh, of young people just priming themselves to start taking over uh, now, not just the future, but we are, you know, the leaders of now. Um, now more than ever, we have a lot of uh, individuals under 40 that are elected officials, and but we need to start increasing our number. And so we always, you know, when I say we, I mean my team and I, but especially me, I mean I really want people to get involved at a younger age, and, and I'm more than willing to take time out for anybody who has any questions on how, you know, what can they do to get involved. What's out there in terms of uh, resources for young people to take advantage of to try to get their campaigns from dream to reality? Well, the, the first thing is, is the resource of reality. <laughs> and when I say that, it sounds harsh, but it's it's, it's a truth. And the resource of reality is that uh, the, the likelihood of being elected the first time you run as a young person is is very low, low probability. But the reality is is that if you run a great campaign, the next time you run, you're going to have a lot more supporters and a lot more donors willing to support you in, in your endeavor. Um, you know, the biggest the biggest obstacle and the biggest pitfall and this will hold true for just most any campaign, especially a first campaign, is it's going to be very, very difficult to fundraise, very, very difficult to fundraise. But with that said, there are a lot of avenues out there to be able to raise funds. Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes people, you know, forget to ask is your, your friends and family. You know, if they truly believe, if you can convince your friends and family that you're legitimate as a candidate, then you should be able to convince anyone because they're often your hardest, you know, critics and the most resistant to want to help you out. So the, the biggest resources, though, there's so many organizations. If you're a smart candidate uh, and, and younger people are getting smarter and smarter year by year, you're going to be able to, to hone your message, to craft your, your, your message, 
your issues, your platform to where it's going to be able to appeal to certain groups, uh, certain issue groups. If you're very pro-life, that actually that's how you're going to want to target your you know your issues. If you're very pro you know equal rights, and that's how you're going to you know hone that. If you're very pro uh, immigration or anti-immigration, whatever the issue is for you, very pro marijuana, very pro um, small business, limited government, uh, individual freedoms, whatever you you know pick a couple of issues, own them, craft them. You know, very big on school choice. You know, own that, craft it then you're going to be able to go to these there's hundreds of thousands of organizations out there who if they listen to your message and you're, you're a viable candidate, they're going to be able to get you in a right position to not only fund you and donate to you, uh, they're going to be able to start training you and putting you in connection with other uh, media outlets to get your, your, your more name recognition. And so it's hard, but it's not impossible. But if you have the will, you have the desire, and you have a great message, um, and it's a genuine message, then you can get that support from those groups. But you have to know what you truly want to accomplish. You can't go in as a candidate and say you want to change the world and you have a list of 30 different issue items and say, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. Um, you may be you know, genuine in your belief that you want to do that, but you're not going to be able to accomplish that in a, in a campaign um, and, and donors realize that and organizations realize that and they want to see you hone that down refine it, define it, and you know, tailor, tailor it very narrowly to where it's a specific message that can resonate with people within the community you're running for, uh, and it's easier for them to get behind you and, and uh, support you that way. Chris, one, one thing I know you're very actively and passionately involved in right now is the um, Young Republican National Federation as well as the Texas uh, Young Republicans. Um, those are two amazing organizations that really help uh, young Republicans to not only network but get political experience and political involvement. Um, talk a little bit about what those organizations do for, for college students who are either just graduating or about to graduate, and what, what, what can they expect from, from both of those groups? Yeah, yeah with your young Republican groups um... – you know, we, we want to be the, the, the seamless transition from your, your high school years or the college years into your professional environment, uh, into the corporate world, or to whatever you, you choose, or into the main party eventually. Uh, but we want to be that, that seamless transition. We want to be that, uh, that avenue, that conduit to really hone you, define you, train you, and develop you as a political, uh, as a campaign manager, or as a candidate. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we've been focusing on as young Republicans in the last few years is really supporting young Republicans who are running for office. And it goes back to, you know, some people get their feelings hurt um, because, you know, organizations can't help every single young Republican candidate. You'd love to, but you can't. You have to, you know, pick viable candidates and support them. But that's why it's important that you make sure you have, again, you have a nicely tailored message because it makes it easier for every uh, organization to support you. But the beautiful thing about the Young Republican you know, support system is that if a national organization can't necessarily support you because of resources or manpower, you lean on the state chapters and your local chapters. And building those relationships with your Young Republican chapters is going to give you your, your volunteer base. You know, when they, young Republicans want to see other young people get elected or make great campaign pushes because that inspires other young Republicans to get involved uh, 
maybe not to be candidates, but to get involved in activism. You know, I remember my first campaign, uh, there was a lot of younger people who I had met uh, previously just from social events, but because I knew them, I asked if they could come help me out or volunteer, and, and they had no problem doing that. And so after volunteering, they're like, hey, this is pretty fun. Hey, do, do, do more people do this? And so you get them involved, you pull them in. And sometimes getting younger people to run is the, is the catalyst to getting other young people to get involved with activism. And so the young Republican you know, local chapters, state chapters, and national chapters are, are a great organization to really get people involved in activism as well as that's going to be your volunteer base to really get people going. Over the next few years, though, you're going to see the young, the young Republicans make a transition from being uh, the grassroots uh, door knockers and phone bangers to really becoming a younger professional network. Uh, and I think that's key in the growth of, young, of the young Republican organization because as we've seen over the last you know, few years, the college Republicans and the high school Republicans have really grown exponentially. And so they're now able to take over that load of the grunt work in terms of, of the grassroots initiatives, and they're allowing the young Republican groups to become the young professionals to really work on honing the skills to become great candidates, great leaders, uh, and true, true activists that can build networks and influence legislation as well as campaigns going forward. And so if you're not involved with the young Republican chapter yet, I highly suggest you get involved. Uh, as soon as possible, because it's it, the, the friendships, the, the bonds, the networking, the your experience that you gain uh, are invaluable assets, especially if you have ambitions to run for office in the future. Yeah, there's organizations also like um, Turning Point USA, um, which utilize different opportunities, different resources to try to maximize student involvement on campuses. For example, Turning Point USA recently had uh, this past school year, a um, activism program called Big Government Sucks, and it was a, a, a multi-pronged attack, which uh, kind of gave students different opportunities to engage with their classmates and with uh, with the students um, to discuss these really critical topics. Um, something like that really has an impact at a very early. At a very early point in a person's political development. Uh, I mean, having so many people, so many true patriots come together for a common cause has been emotionally moving. Um, you know, something you, you see and you hear about, but you never really experience it. Uh, being a part of the Republican Party, uh, being very involved in it, as actually you see that happen in real life. And it's been very touching, very moving. And it gives you the ambition to want to keep doing more for the party. Because at the end of the day, you know that you stand behind a party. Its principles really do uh, resonate with the majority of the people in the country once they're informed about what the party really stands for. And I think that the, the Republican Party as a whole uh, is getting better uh, than they have been before, especially younger people. We have to get younger people early, especially on college campuses. Uh, but I think once we're educating them and we're getting better with that year in and year out, I think everybody's going to start seeing that same thing, and they'll be emotionally moved too when they get involved. Is that you know this party truly stands for uh, for things that the founding fathers you know believed in, and if we're going to be the greatest country in, in, in the world uh, and continue to be that, uh, then we have to keep pushing these these, these principles forward. Awesome. And so that's probably been the biggest impact uh, with me with becoming a Republican and being part of the party is just watching the camaraderie and so many patriots really you know gather. Uh, to move this country forward. Awesome. Again, thank you very much, Chris Carmona, um, for joining us here on Turning Point USA Radio. Thank you for having me. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, 
the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.